Here is a portion of scripture that God gave me, and I really, really hit me. I never, never heard it preached on before. And uh, it's found in First Kings chapter thirteen. Maybe Tim has preached on it, uh, but it's an amazing passage, and I believe it was meant for me. And maybe it's for you too, because sometimes we we feel that we're doing enough for God. We go to the meetings on a Sunday, we go to the mid-week meeting, we do our time of five times, we have our prayer time, and we feel, Lord, we've given you a good portion. And we need a wee bit of time to ourselves. We need, I know many, many ministers who need their day off. One man told me, he says, I said, what day do you take off then? He says, I take off on Tuesday. I said, that's a rare day for your day off. Yes, I get Tuesday and Saturday. I thought, why Tuesday? Why not Monday? Well, he says, I preach on Sunday. You didn't say this, by the way. I preach on Sunday. He says, I need Monday to recuperate. And then I take Tuesday home. Not a great system. (laughs) Take it easy on Monday, then enjoy your day off on Tuesday. And sometimes we feel we're giving God enough. Read this portion here today. And when you go home, read it over again. First Kings chapter 13. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Now Jeroboam was a bad king. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David. Josiah by name, and upon thee shall be offered the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign in the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass. When King Jeroboam heard these sins of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand which he put forth against him dried up, so that he could not pull it out again. The altar was also rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me that my hand may be restored, and may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. The king said unto the man of God, Come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. The man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give thee half thine house, I will not go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, 
And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king, then they told also to the father. And the father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon. When after the man of God, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under a note. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said unto me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again to go by the way which thou camest. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him, and did eat bread in his house, and drank water. And it came to pass, as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back, and hast eaten bread, and drunk water in the place of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread, drink no water, thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of thy fathers. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread, and after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he brought back, for he had brought back. When he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by. The lion also stood by the carcass. And the old man passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass, and they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And I just finished that verse 25. You can read the rest of that chapter when you get home, uh, mark it, and, and read what has to be said on it. Let's have a word of prayer, please. Father, we thank you for the precious word of God. But most of all, we thank you for the God of that word. God who never fails us. God who is always there for us. God who is never too far from us. God who hears our cry at any time of the day. Even in the darkest hour of the night, or the darkest hour of our life, God is always there for us. O oh Lord, we thank thee for thy goodness to us, and for thy love and for thy mercy. We thank thee for thy grace. We thank thee, Lord, for uh, the saving uh, uh, blood of Jesus Christ that redeemed us and cleansed us from our sin. Father, we thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for this fellowship here in the Hinge. We pray, Lord, that I will continue to bless them and encourage them. Be with Tim as he leads this congregation. Give him the strength that he needs 
and the help that he needs. And Lord, uh, set him on fire for thee, that they might hear the word of God through thy servant. And Lord, that he will be faithful unto thee. Encourage his congregation, Lord, uh, not to, to give thanks for every day of the life that God gives him. And to use that day for the glory of God. And to treat that day as it were the last day. And to live that day for Jesus. Father, we pray that we might never be too busy uh, to serve God. That we might never be too tired to do something for the Lord. Lord, we pray that we will always be willing and always offer our time and our talents. And Lord, that we will be used mightily in these dark days in which we live. Uh, be with those who need special prayers. For names that were mentioned tonight, Lord, we pray that thou will minister amongst them. And we give thanks for the wonderful uh, things that have happened even in this congregation and even in our own lives when God has touched us and healed us uh, because of, of brothers and sisters in Christ praying. And help us to remember that power that's in prayer. And Lord, to pray often. And Lord, to seek God and to pour our hearts, hearts out on today. So Lord, as we turn to this passage of Scripture, an unusual passage, we pray, Lord, that thou will bless it to our hearts. Give us an understanding of it, knowing what God wants to say through thy word. Lord, that it will draw us closer to thee, that it will make us stronger, that it will open our eyes and increase our vision, our vision for lost souls in these last days. Bless us now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, sometimes even God's work, you know, sometimes you think pastors and leaders and all, you know, God has called them, that's their job. You heard that statement, that's their job. That's what they get paid for. But you know, sometimes even pastors and leaders can be discouraged and can get down. Sometimes when I'm going out at night and at a meeting or visiting sometimes and Shetland, you know, you travel a long distance sometimes to see it's not a big island, but it can be a hundred miles long, of course, thirty-five miles wide, but the roads are twisted. There's probably doubles of miles on them, but you're heading out to visit some home. Uh, homes that never have the scripture read in them, homes that never have a word of prayer said in them, uh, and you go out to your homes to visit people. And you do need strength. And you do get tired. And sometimes when you come in and you get your tea, whatever your authority is prepared for, and you don't sit back because you feel that you want to stay at home. And Dorothy said, do you need to go out tonight? I said, I need to go out tonight. I have to go. And you head out again. So the secret is keep, keep moving on, keep going on. And when I'm looking through, I was looking through some photos lately, and I saw somebody in this congregation. I don't know where I saw the book. And I saw glasses and that. And I said, Who is that? Has she got a new man? Now, I didn't realize here somebody had glasses on. And in fact, I probably had to go and get my own glasses to see who it was. Then I realized. But you know, as we, we get older and as we, we uh, years come upon us, we do get tired. And he said to God, God, I've done my best. I've given them all I can. Knowing that we could get more. I want to retire. I want to take life easy. 
some people say you, you never, well, I, I believe it too, you never retire in God's work. God has called you into that work. God will equip you. God says, give the strength, the energy that you need. Here was a man of God in this passage. It doesn't give his name, but it says he was a man of God. He was in touch with God. And he heard what God was requesting of him to go and speak to King Jeroboam. Now, that wasn't an easy task because Jeroboam was an evil king and this prophet of God had to go and speak to him. Now, God laid down certain speculations of what to do and what not to do. Very clearly, he says, go, do what you have to do, do what I tell you to do. Don't eat, don't drink, don't take a reward. Don't go back the way you came, go another way. And God laid that down to him. And the man of God, who was in touch with the Lord, who was in the right place with God, obeyed God to a certain extent. You know what my Bible says here at the top? The disobedient prophet is slain. Or you could put it right. The man of God who never came home that night. And you might say, well, he was obedient to God. Why would God be so harsh with him? Harsh with him. Why do you see when God asks us to do something, we need to be obedient and carry it through. Now God might not say to you to go to a king or a politician or a leader of your country. God might ask you to do something simple. And you might say what I've said sometimes too. Lord, I'm tired. I could sleep at a, a peeling post. There are no posts at a peeling there. I could sleep on top of that and that tired. Sometimes you get tired of feeling sick because of that tired. And we plead that God to ease. Give us an easier life. Here was a man who was in touch with God, who did what God wanted him to do to a certain extent. You might say when you read this story, that's not fair for this man, because this man met an old prophet. Ah, boy, here's the old folk coming in now. And sometimes the old prophets, the old folk, can be backslidden. I don't know if you folk believe in being backslidden or not, but here's an old prophet of God is lost out with God. And he actually went to the extent of telling a lie to this young prophet. And how he led the young prophet astray. And you might say to him, well, it's not fair for the young man. He, he, was, he was fooled. He was misled. But God had laid down certain things for him to do. And he ought to have done it. What does that concern us? How does that come into our life? Well, God is maybe speaking to someone tonight and saying, I have something for you today. Or maybe in the past, God wanted you to do something. And you say to God, pass it on. Another time, I do nothing. I clean, I, I make tea, I, I play instruments. I sing, whatever it is. I'm doing a lot for you, God. For those of you who put money in the offering last week, they raise it up to that amount. You might say, God, that's my part done. 
not sure fallen into this category. I've done enough for God. And no matter what you've done beforehand, you'll be wiped out if you end being disobedient. Remember the old saying, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. simple job. This was a, a bad king. And even when the king stretched out his finger and says, take hold of that man. In other words, arrest that man. Put him in prison. And when the king put out his arm, it withered. He couldn't go I thought to myself, if I was a prophet in that situation, and the king says to me, pray that God will restore my heart. I would never say you deserved it. But you were the prophet You prayed for the king. And God would restore his arm. And the king was able to put his arm back. The king was grateful and wanted to reward the prophet. But the prophet remembered what God had said. Not to eat, not to drink, not to take reward. And not to return the way he came. The prophet remembered that. And obeyed God. Until the old prophet. The old backslidden prophet. Came and fooled him. And lied to him. And led him astray. So what I say here is. Be careful where you take your leads. Make sure it's of God. Pray about matters. If God wants us to have a mission hall, pray that God, if it's God's will, that we will get that hall. If God wants us to remain in Shetland, we pray to God, God, show us the way. Give us openings, give us opportunities. And God, give us the biggest congregation that we've ever had in Shetland. And people came to me afterwards and spoke about it. And just God, there's people to reach out to. And I always say I'm just a gap filler. I'm not really a preacher. I, 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 I appreciate ministry. I, and during the lockdown, we were able to listen to some of uh, Tim's meetings and, and some of your uh, open airs there, the testimonies. Uh, it's good to get dead as well as get right. But you know, in Shetland, I think God, why God took us to Shetland? Because when we preach, we have to keep it simple. Because they don't understand it. They don't know what it is to be seen. They don't know how to prepare to meet their God. They, they don't know what that, that the language that we would speak. Like being born again and, and things like that. They need it simple. They need it as a, in the milk stage. Then when they get the milk and when they put their trust in Christ, then you go into the deeper teaching and giving them meat. Gospel. That's why God has us in Shetland to keep it simple. Man said to me, Shetland, the other day, How did you get into that family? He was a brethren man. He was a vet, very highly respected in the district. And he says to me, 
how did you get into that promised land? I said, Edwin, that was just a, a slow process. I said, I knew the family through working with sheep and crofting. They, they, the, the great crofters, what you would maybe call farmers. And I was able to talk their language. Uh, Brian uh, Annick taught me a lot about farming and about cattle. And I know a wee bit about it and I can talk their language. And, and they take to that. And I said, it took a time to get into the house. And when I went into the house, I didn't start thumping the table and say, you need to get right with God. I showed them I, I showed them the love of Christ and they began to respect me. That maybe took a year or two to do it, but I got into that family. And the old man got saved. And, and the family's beginning to think. And, and they respect me. And when I was asked to do that funeral, I was able to get into that community and tell them about the love of Christ. It's okay preaching to people, tell them, be prepared to meet thy God. But they need to know how to go about it. And they need to know how to put their trust in Christ. So yes, sometimes I get tired. Dorothy says you're getting older. But I said, you know, Dorothy, the comfort out of that is everybody else is getting older. But some of you look very young, so God might call you into something very soon. But we, we kind of in great privilege to serve God. But as I said before, and I said again, knowing that there's people behind us, people praying for us, that could mean so much. But when you're in a far off land, and you have many Christian friends, as long as you know there's a fellowship back home, and are with us 110%. And that gives us great. And we know some lovely people here, and, and we enjoy the singing. The singing is always touching. I'm a bit silly tonight. I get emotional, and I don't know why I get emotional when I listen to you singing. I go to other meetings here, and it doesn't touch me the same as, as it does here. Uh, the singing it is so sincere, and we're joyful, and there's so much to thank God for. We have a lot to thank God, knowing you. And thank you so much fellowship and friendship. All I leave you with tonight is be in the right place with God. Yes, you can go to your meetings, you can pray, you can put into the offering kit, but be where God wants you to be at the center of his world. And it might be something very simple. I'm sure when Trevor and his wife were in the John and Kathleen's home, you know, John and Kathleen are a lovely couple. They're up in years. Uh, and, you know, uh, when, I, when they speak about that couple there, they get emotional. I said, what do you get emotional over that couple? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that man, that friend will work take a hand with him. <laughs> <laughs> and John's eyes just fell off the tears when he speaks about them. And that speaks to me. I know you didn't preach in the home. Of course, you were faithful to the word. But I know you didn't preach in the way. You, you lived the life. You showed them love. And they never forget that. Something as simple as that. And that's all God wants people to do. I'm allowed to go into half ten, is it? No problem. That's the pastor said that. So, 
But you know, God has been faithful, and, and we do kind of enjoy being in Shannon. Of course, we miss home, we miss family. Uh, it's good to have George with me tonight, George and my brother-in-law, and uh, it's good to be with them and to see them again. But you know, it's a joy to serve God. And we cannot thank God enough for what he's done for us. God has been faithful. God has never let us down. God has met our needs. He doesn't give us all wants, he gives us our needs. And he's provided for us. And we just pray that God will open many doors. And yes, the churches are closed. Things have changed. People say to me, that will never be the same again. I said, I hope not. I said, I hope it goes forward now. And that people get the reality of, of, of living for God and bringing God into their life. Some of the old folks say, we'll never be back in church again. I understand that. They're, they're frightened. But I said, give it time. Give it time. And you know what he said to me? Do you think that group will ever come back to Sheffield? You know that group? Does anybody know that group? Do you think they'll ever come back to Sheffield? I said, It's amazing how God meets you. You know, there's a fisherman phoned me a couple of weeks ago. And he said, Mater, I'm coming into Scalloway with a catch. It's a fishing boat. It's a catch. And he said, I have a few fish for you. Oh, I said, okay. Ask Grant. I said, Dorothy's I thought Dorothy's away. I'm not having a bunny pile these fish. And uh, I said, I'll meet you as you come in. And he came in this boat. And I saw his boat coming in. And boy, he is some boat. I could see within the mark on the boat how deep it was. He's a big catch here. And uh, he said, what kind of fish do you like, Minner? I said, keep it simple. Give me haddock. And he gave me 12 haddock. He said, what about halibut? Oh, no, I said, two dear halibuts in a very expensive way. He said, two halibuts there. What about me, Green? I said, me, Green? Is that my Green? <laughs> no, 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 no. I said, me, Green, that's a fish. Oh, I said, that's an expensive fish. He says, it is. It's a very rare fish. Very tasty fish. Throw in half a dozen megrin. I thought, I don't know what he thought of those things. I says, are the guts out? He said, the guts are out. Oh, praise the Lord, that's gone. <laughs> and he brought this bucket. The boy came out of the, 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 the hole and brought this bucket of fish to me. I thought, boy, what am I going to do with these? And the boy went to let them go. No, 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 we left it for you. We put it in your car. So we did that. I just opened the car door and then they put the bucket in. And I took it and I said, Who am I? I need help here. I thought, Pearl Young, does anybody know Pearl Young? I won't hurt. I said, Pearl, I have a lot of fish here. Would you help me? Bring it out tonight. And I took it out tonight, that night, nine o'clock, and we're still following up for her. <laughs> and she says to me, See that halibut there? She said, That halibut's worth a bit of I said, you're joking. She said, a hundred. I said, I have two of them. <laughs> she says, guess what? That makes it 200. I said, I wouldn't have worked that tonight. 200 pounds. She said, take me that into the hotel. I said, I can't because the man can't sell that. I can't sell to the hotel like that. And I said, anyway, it was a gift and we didn't give it away. So we had to fill it these things. And we put them in the freezer. I'm sorry I couldn't bring any of it. I have a photograph you want to see. That's <laughs> So, and then the next week he phoned again and we thought, oh, another load of fish for And we did the same again. Two halibut, 12 haddock. 
which gives you 24 pellets in that right, and from two pellets on each side. And me, me green. Not my green, me green. And it feeds your stroke. Yeah. We could never buy fish at 100 pounds or 25 pounds of fellow. God. How do you get that fish and we don't get it? And you're not a local. I said, in from above. God provides. Never disappoint you. You never want anything that we need. God provides it for us. We cannot thank him enough. He is a wonderful God, trust and faith. And the joy you get out of trusting him and being obedient to him is something that this world cannot give you. You ever hear tell of the word called job satisfaction? When you do something and you look back at it and say, Boy, that's a good job. Well done. My wife, she makes the cake and she opens up the oven and she looks at it. That's turned out well tonight. I said to her, how many of those have you made before? Well, she said, hundreds. And I said, why do you turn out after a hundred times? Oh, she said, we can go wrong very quickly. So, job satisfaction. Knowing you're in the center of those. Yeah, you miss her. I miss you. I miss fellowship. It's okay listening to a CD or whatever you call it. It's, it's good to listen to it, but it's not the same. Be an enemy. I know the Spirit of God is here. It's amazing. It's, it's a treasure. It's something very precious. It's something that we'll never forget. No matter how good you play or sing or whatever, this God is in Thank you for having me to take a meeting tonight. I was going to slip in and just listen to what Tim was going to say, but then I, they obviously Tim heard it this year and said, yeah, you know, it's good. It's good.